Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast of Shemaine's Model Health. I am your host, Shemaine Linney. I am a biohacker and fitness and nutrition expert. I'm very thankful to have you join me here again today. And here we're going to dive into episode number 79, and this is part two of preparing your body for pregnancy. Um, we're going to kind of dive straight in in part one. Um, so last week we looked at toxins, exercise and sleep, how they affect your fertility and ability to carry a pregnancy full term and healthily. We also spoke about how to optimize um, all of the above. So if you haven't listened already, then make sure you go back and check it out. So that's episode number 78. Now this week we are looking at nutrition and stress. And you have no, no idea how many times I get someone say to me that they eat healthy. Yet when I look at their nutrition, I cringe and I'm like, they're definitely not eating as healthy as they could be or should be. Um, and that's nobody's fault. There are so many misconstrued ideas of what healthy eating is. And this is where I teach my people and my students how food affects you and why or why not you should put something in your mouth. And understanding that we are all individual too, so one size does not fit all. And just because keto worked for your best friend or paleo worked for your cousin does not mean they're going to work for you. What you put into your mouth has a huge impact on your health, of course, and your genetic expressions, but not only that, your fertility too. So if you're having issues with your reproductive system, then you really want to take a look at your nutrition. I try to keep this podcast as simple as I can, but I might just ramble on a bit as I go into detail on certain points, but I do hope you'll stick to the end. There are some fertility foods per se, um, but the most important part is avoiding junk processed food-like products. And I say food-like products because if you actually read the ingredients on a lot of these processed so-called foods, they're not food at all. And most of the time they don't even look like food and these can damage your fertility. So I always encourage fresh local and organic as much as you can um, because there's so much research on the damage of um, pesticides and herbicides so that's why we're looking at fresh local and organic and when we look at people that even work with pesticides we see a huge increase in their fertility. So Obviously, consuming it is not going to be much better. Exposing yourself to chemicals that kill bacteria and are hormonal disruptors, um, if you expose yourself to them, they are going to do such to you. You will disrupt your hormones and kill off the bacteria in your body that you so need to thrive and to help your baby thrive. So, we're going to first look at trans or bad fats. We know what they do to someone not looking to reproduce. 
or have offspring. So what do you think happens when someone is trying to get pregnant? Trans fats are associated with a high risk of infertility. They decrease the body's ability to react to insulin. And women who have insulin resistance or diabetes or any association with diabetes are more prone to irregular ovulation. So also here's just a few more things that trans fats do. They damage your cells, they change your genetic expressions, cause inflammations, cause lesions in the arteries, contribute to brain damage and poor mental health, um, and the list goes on. So we're avoiding the likes of um, hydrogenated and trans fats and foods fried in such, also the likes of margarines, um, vegetable oils are a big no-no, so sunflower oil, canola oil, um, any of these oils that have really low smoke point but that also undergo a lot of oxidation. You don't want them and you're gravitating more towards than your grass-fed organic real butter, um, your coconut oil, avocado oil, macadamia, walnut oil, um, of course extra virgin olive oil, a good high-grade one, um, and even lard if you're getting the lard from a grass-fed organic animal. Um, so before we move on to what you should eat, I mentioned insulin resistance above, and I know most people know that sugar aka carbs are the main driving factor behind insulin resistance. There are also many other driving factors behind insulin resistance, but sugar is number one. And people, um, we know and we don't know that, if it makes sense. Like People know it, but they don't fully let it sink in. And this also means sugar is in chips and popcorn. For those of you saying you don't have a sweet tooth, Wink, wink. Um, so paying a lot of attention to insulin resistance. So we have sugar and now we know that those trans hydrogenated bad fats contribute to insulin resistance. So what do you eat then? A study done by Harvard Medical School found that women that follow a low-fat dairy diet were 85% more likely to have ovulation problems. This study was done over eight years um, and this study and percentage leads us nicely into our dairy section. When women eating two or more portions of full-fat dairy a day were compared with those eating low-fat or less than one serving of dairy a day, they had 27% less issues with ovulation and fertility. As long as you don't have dairy issues or good issues when you consume dairy, then consuming whole dairy or full fat dairy, preferably organic, can have some good influence on your fertility and specifically progesterone. A higher fat diet has also been associated with good fertility and this may be part of the benefits with dairy, but also avoiding those inflammatory carbs and foods that contribute to female reproductive issues like 
like um, PCOS and cholesterol of course being the building blocks to your hormones including your sex hormones so key takeaway there is that if you predominantly go for low fat dairy one we already know that that causes more issues than full fat dairy does but two now we see that there are more issues with ovulation and fertility with people that eat low fat dairy than those that eat high fat dairy or high fat foods okay so let's move on and get into more specifics so vitamin d in my opinion, everybody should be taking vitamin D um, and vitamin D3 specifically. Vitamin D deficiency is associated with a whole host of health issues, but it also has a correlation with fertility issues. Vitamin D deficiency has been shown to reduce fertility by up to 75%. That is crazy. This can be put down to many things like where you live, the food you eat, your good health, living a sedentary lifestyle and so on but vitamin d vitamin d3 should be a priority to you especially in women looking to get pregnant vitamin d has been shown to fortify levels of progesterone and estrogen which help regulate menstruation um, also in men vitamin d improves sperm health and levels of testosterone so even if you don't want to have any offspring but you want to build muscle you should still take vitamin d um, don't forget that vitamin d is a fat soluble vitamin so consume with your fatty meals make sure you get d3 and also you need to pair d3 with k2 to help prevent calcification or calcium buildup in the arteries because d3 helps to push calcium into parts of the body where it's needed but this can can cannot the jury's still out on it cause buildup in the arteries so to help prevent that we supplement or counteract it with k2 so then foods that are great for vitamin d you're looking at seafood especially fatty fish um cheese eggs and of course beef liver and i say of course because most of the time the first thing people tell me they are not going to eat is liver but if you're looking to optimize your d3 and have a baby maybe you might reconsider liver again Next, folic acid, um, and folic acid always gets mentioned, but specifically you should be looking for folate or metal folate. Uh, this is the bio bioavailable form of folic acid or vitamin B9 as it's also known. Um, and this is what your body uses to help prevent fertility abnormalities. You want to aim to get most of your folate from foods like spinach um, and other greens, avocado, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, nuts and seeds, specifically sunflower seeds and peanuts if you can tolerate them, uh, cauliflower, carrots, squash and sweet potato. Um, sweet potato being my favorite carb and it has a lovely nice punch of folate. Uh, next is zinc and this usually gets overlooked not just during pregnancy but in general 
But a zinc deficiency has been shown to throw off normal menstrual cycles and slow the production of high quality eggs. So getting plenty of coconut, eggs, pumpkin seeds, macadamia nuts, fatty fish and um, a high grade fish oil supplement, even some algae, seaweeds, vegetables, pasture raised organic chicken cheddar cheese and cacao so your dark dark chocolate um, they can all be very high in zinc and zinc has also been shown to support the immune system and help heal the body and uh, next is iron typically got from red meats oysters and other seafood dark chocolate again especially raw chocolate and cacao nibs nuts seeds eggs and of course liver so iron a study published by Harvard University showed that an iron deficiency may be linked to infertility. The study followed 1,800 female nurses who were trying to get pregnant, found that the women taking iron supplements were 40% less likely to have fertility problems. And of course, we want to be getting as much uh, iron as we can out of our diet. Um, and then if we need to supplement, we we would be looking more um, at the bioavailable form of iron, which is the heme iron. Um, and your body will break down non-heme iron too. That's what we get from plants, but it does prefer the heme form that we get from animals. And lastly, I should mention protein, especially animal proteins for not only that heme iron, but the essential amino acids, which are our building blocks of life. And then water. People overlook water and pregnancy and fertility. In order for the sperm to have the best chance at reaching and fertilizing the egg, you need your cervical mucus to be super hydrated with like a really fluid-like consistency. So it's not too sticky and thick. The sperm need to be able to swim smoothly and get that egg to fertilize it. Um, and also we know that we need cellular hydration for optimal health. Here's one for the men too. Ladies, be sure to tell your men if they're not listening. A Danish study on men that drink two to three cans of pop a day have sperm counts almost 30% lower than men who don't drink pop. Um, and we know how important sperm is for getting pregnant, so you want to get the maximum amount of sperm that you can to increase the chances of getting the job done. One of the doctors involved in this study also expressed that he believed that the high fructose corn syrup in the pop could be the leading culprit of this outcome. And that brings us back to that insulin resistance that affects men too. Also, the pesticides that are sprayed on corn that gets converted into high fructose corn syrup, uh, we know that these pesticides are endocrine and hormonal disruptors. Um, this also goes for men who consume a lot of soy-based foods too, so there can be some endocrine and hormonal disruptors to there with soy. And soy, I'm not a big proponent of soy. Soy as a condiment is fine, um, especially in its fermented form, but that's kind of about as far as I'll go with soy. Um, just be more sparing with your use of soy, both men and women. Oh, and there is also um, 
as I digress, there's also evidence to show that hot tubs used regularly by men can affect sperm production. This makes sense. If your man is hopping in a hot tub every night and basically boiling his sperm, that's not going to play in your favor if you're looking to get pregnant. Now, before we finish, I want to take a quick look at stress, which of course will affect your hormones, your sleep, your sex drive, and it'll cause inflammation. Um, stress, of course, increases your likelihood of making those poor food choices too. Um, and still, people don't take the issues correlated with stress seriously enough. If your body's in a stress state or survival mode, the first thing it's going to do is it's going to shut down your reproduction because that's not a priority. If you're in survival mode, your body's priority is to make sure that you survive. Um, and reproduction, it doesn't want to get pregnant if it's in survival mode because that just decreases your chances of survival. So this is going to throw off your hormones completely. Of course, you're going to get this huge spike in cortisol. You'll get a reduction in melatonin. We know that cortisol drives insulin. Um, and there's just, just so much, but stress, managing your stress, of course, nice walks, take some nice baths, buy yourself something nice, laugh with a friend. I always say watch a funny movie or sing your favorite song, always so good. Don't be afraid to talk to someone and express your concerns too, because sometimes just telling people how we feel helps a lot, helps us manage those stress hormones. Make sure you're exercising smartly like we spoke about in last week's podcast, so not too much high um, intensity exercise that would stress you. Watch for those environmental stressors like the toxins and the chemicals in your environment. And then one thing that can really help manage stress. After you've done your meditation and you're walking and you're laughing at the funny movie and your bath and all, if you still need a little bit of help, adaptogens can help. So adaptogens are herbs or foods that can help your body adapt up or down to stresses. Um, and these can be very supportive and these can help your immune system a lot, but they can be very supportive to your adrenals, which are a big player in your hormones as well. So you'd be looking at, well, my favorite adaptogens, if anyone knows me or is following me, they'll know I'm a Love, love medicinal mushrooms. So my favorite adaptogens there are going to be cordyceps and reishi. Um, my favorite way to get them is through a mushroom coffee or um, some sort of elixir. Then um, I do like astragalus and ashwagandha. So they will go into like um, a superfood smoothie if that's where I'm going. I also have astragalus in a tincture. So if I need to, I'll just drop some in um, water or my vitamin C water or something because astragalus doesn't taste the best. Um, and that can really support the system, uh, the central nervous system and the immune system. Um, I like Panax or Siberian ginseng. I'll take that when I've had a rough, stressful mental and physical day. Uh, maca is great and I see now Vega have brought out a chocolate that has a nice percentage of maca in it, but I'd watch those sugars. But there's an option. Um, rhodiola as well is another nice adaptogen. So that's a lot of information. 
but there's a lot of information there that you can take away and put into effect. Between the two podcasts last week and this week, if you put in all those um, components or sections into effect, you're going to increase your chances of fertility and a successful pregnancy with a healthy outcome tenfold. So I hope you found this super helpful. I'm sorry they are so long, but I do hope you stay till the end. And if you have a topic you would like me to cover, don't hesitate to reach out. You can email me through my website, Jemaine's Model Health, or you can find me on Facebook. Um, and of course, please, please, sharing is caring if you know anyone that's having fertility issues or is hoping to get pregnant that you would share these podcasts with them we want to improve the world we don't want to keep this information to ourselves we want to help people so have an awesome rest of your week and i will chat to you guys next week bye